What's going on, everybody? My name's Matt, and you're listening to The Lens Pod. If this is your first time listening, we're a medical student-run podcast discussing all things ophthalmology. Today's episode is going to summarize our weekly newsletter where we discuss recent research in the field. We hope you enjoyed today's episode, and be sure to stick around until the end for more information about where to find us. Today is February 21st, 2024. In today's episode, we'll be discussing opioids after ophthalmic surgery that can be associated with serious adverse outcomes and counseling patients before prescribing remains important. New study reveals which patient demographics are more likely to require extended inpatient treatment for corneal ulcers. A systematic review summarizes current associations between social determinants of health and dry eye disease in the United States. And Chinese patients with labor hereditary optic neuropathy were more likely to have certain mitochondrial DNA mutations compared to non-East Asians with younger onset and lower optic disc grades, indicating a favorable prognosis. Our first article for the week comes from Ophthalmology, Navigating the Perils of Opioid Prescriptions in Ophthalmology. In the delicate realm of ophthalmic surgery, the use of opioids presents a complex dilemma, balancing appropriate pain management with the alarming risks of addiction and misuse. This retrospective cross-sectional analysis of over 1.5 million patients sought to determine the negative effects of prescribing opioids after ophthalmic surgery. Of the patients studied, 20% filled an opioid prescription postoperatively. Filling an opioid prescription postoperatively was associated with increased mortality, hospitalization, opioid overuse, and opioid dependency compared to no opioid prescription. Additionally, higher morphine milligram equivalent doses of opioids were associated with higher risks of mortality, hospitalization, abuse, and dependence. Ophthalmologists should counsel patients appropriately about the risks of opioids after surgery and use special judgment or alternative forms of pain control in patients with high risk for opioid misuse. Our second article for the week comes from JAMA Ophthalmology, Sociodemographic Determinants of Prolonged Inpatient Stay for Corneal Ulcer Treatment. The incidence of corneal ulcers is over 75,000 cases per year in the United States, giving rise to increased healthcare expenditure and concurrent ocular morbidity. While outpatient management suffices for a majority of cases, many elements contribute to severity and a need for inpatient care. Examining patient data from the nationwide inpatient sample between 2015 and 2020, this retrospective cross-sectional study aimed to investigate the impact of variables such as sex, race, medical comorbidities, and insurance status on prolonged inpatient stays for corneal ulcers. 50.2% of individuals analyzed had inpatient stays of less than four days, while 49.5% of patients had longer stays. Prolonged stays were associated with black patients, age of greater than 55 years old, Medicare recipients, diabetic patients, those with legal blindness, patients with dementia, patients with alcohol use, and housing insecurity. The results suggest that individuals with characteristics linked to extended inpatient stays may not have been promptly identified in the early stages of their disease progression, potentially because of reduced access to the correct physicians. Our third article for the week comes from the American Journal of Ophthalmology, Associations Between Dry Disease and Social Determinants of Health. 
Social determinants of health refer to non-medical factors that affect an individual's health and quality of life. The World Health Organization categorizes these into five broad categories, neighborhood and built environment, economic stability, social and community context, education, and healthcare access. Researchers in this study aim to highlight associations between social determinants of health and dry eye disease in hopes of expanding methods to quantify social determinants of health and identify how these interactions affect patients with dry eye disease. Researchers performed a literature review and included 18 studies that reported both cross-sectional and longitudinal associations between social determinants of health and dry eye disease in their analysis. Of the 51 social determinant of health indicators reported by the studies, neighborhood and built environment was the most studied, whereas access to healthcare and degree of education were among the least studied domains. The majority of the indicators that were studied were associated with poor dry disease outcomes. While this study may only be able to offer a rudimentary recollection of reported associations between social determinants of health and dry disease, it does highlight the importance of ongoing efforts to target and address disparities to ensure equitable access to eye care. Our final article for the week comes from British Journal of Ophthalmology. Variant and Clinical Landscape of Labor Hereditary Optic Neuropathy Based on 1,516 Families with Mitochondrial DNA Variants in a Tertiary Care Center. Labor hereditary optic neuropathy is a mitochondrial disorder that typically results in painless and central vision loss. This single-center retrospective study includes 1,540 diagnostically confirmed labor hereditary optic neuropathy patients from 1977 to 2022. Disease history, phenotypic characteristics, and optical coherence tomography for detailed assessments were collected, along with fundus photography for characterization of the optic disc. Of the 13 pathogenic mitochondrial DNA variants detected, two variants were significantly higher in this Chinese labor hereditary optic neuropathy population compared to other populations. Although some differences in presentations between males and females were found, they were not statistically significant. Characteristics indicative of a favorable prognosis included younger onset of symptoms and low optic disc grade. Limitations of this study include its retrospective design, which may introduce biases, and lack of accounting for possible confounders affecting labor hereditary optic neuropathy such as smoking and diet. Moreover, this study is restricted to only this Chinese patient population, thereby limiting its generalizability. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. If you want to learn more about The Lens, you can follow us on Twitter at TheLens underscore O-P-H And be sure to visit our website at www.lensophthalmology.com to subscribe to our weekly newsletters and view the full summary of this week's newsletter. See you next time.